What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another scintillating edition of the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast, Ballsy. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn, and I, I think we have another Barry on, on the phone for second straight week in a, a row, right? Well, no, we had him a couple of weeks ago. But no, this, but we had Barry Switzer last week, didn't Barry we? But this Barry spells his first name correctly. Well, but we had Barry Switzer last we did, week, we correct? Did. No, no, that was two weeks ago. Who did we have last week? I don't even remember. <laughs> We had Chuck Carlton last week. But this week we have the great Barry Trammell from Oklahoma. Hi, Barry. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We got a, we got a quorum. It happens every once in a while. Not yeah. very often, but we got a quorum with Barry. There we yes, go. You You're outnumbered, Kevin. Yes, you do. Now, now Barry, you were in uh, Columbus uh, on Saturday. Now, tell us where you are now. Well, I'm actually uh, not in the country. I am in Niagara Falls, Ontario. Wow. I you know. I got Oklahoma State Pitt next uh, this coming Saturday, so I decided not to come home. My wife flew up and joined me. I took a few days, and we drove to Niagara Falls. Now, I have never been to Niagara Falls. Uh, Barry Horn, oh, have you man. been? To, have I you been? have been to Niagara Falls when the uh, uh, Dallas Stars played the Buffalo Sabres for the Stanley Cup Jam. I took a right. side trip. Yeah, that's no, right. That's, that, you're <laughs> lying because I was with you. That, that was that, that was for Game Six. <laughs> That was for that was for Game Six, but there was they, we were there before that too, weren't we? Weren't we, Kevin Cherry? Well, we were, but you never left my side. That's that not true. Time. You're lying. So Barry Trammell, tell us about Niagara Falls. What's it like? Well, I tell you, it's a uh, for people who haven't seen the falls themselves, it's breathtaking. Um, I mean, it's natural wonders. It's right up near the top. Wow. I, mean, I, I think it's. I think the Grand Canyon's pretty cool, but Niagara Falls trumps the Grand Canyon. I got to tell you, I'm, so, emb- I'm embarrassed to say this. I, I have never been to the Grand Canyon either. Really? No. Yeah. Have you seen the Red River? You got to get away. You've been around all over. You got to get away from. You got to get in the car and drive a few miles, Kevin. Well, no, I, I, I always drive a lot, but I'm always a nervous. You know, in the 1983 Final Four, the day of the championship game, uh, I went with some friends to Santa Fe, and then we got stuck there. And then there was a big rumor that got out that we were not going to make it back for the for the game that night, the championship game. <laughs> I did make it back, so I think that kind of ruined me ever since. That ruined the five slam of jam of karma too. Yeah, it did. I they did they so. looked up, they didn't see you in the pregame warmups. They they blamed me for that. Yeah. yeah, that loss. So anyway, so Barry, you were in Columbus on Saturday. You you were there for the flag planting um, uh, at uh, inside the big O there at the, at midfield. How did, first of all, let me ask you, had, what was your prediction on that game? Oh, I picked Ohio State to win a close one. Um, yeah, so did I. You know, I saw that game last year, and Ohio State dominated. And, you know, Urban Meyer's got it. I know he lost a bunch of guys, but he's got it going so well. 
you know, he's lost. He's he's now lost. To, before Saturday, he'd lost six games in five years as the Ohio State coach. Something like I mean, it's crazy. His record at Columbus is crazy, and he just keeps reloading. And I just, you know, I didn't know if, if uh, the Sooners. I thought they'd play better than they did last year, but it's a big step to make up that much space. But the truth is, Oklahoma, I think, is way better, and and I. They turns out they played poorly. I thought Ohio State made them play poorly last year, but I think they actually did just sort of play a dud game. Now that I look back and, and see both games together, you know that, that you know everybody's talking about uh, how well Baker Mayfield played, and of course the you know sticking the flag in the middle of the field. But the thing that struck me the most about that game was how well the Oklahoma defense played. I don't know that I've seen them play that well in a big game in a long time. Uh, was that just a, a fluke, or is that your impression as well? Well, it is my impression. Now, they've gotten better. You know, they they got lit up last year. I mean, they they beat uh, Tech, TCU, and Texas last year. Uh, I'd, have to do some, I'd have to do some trigonometry, but <laughs> in those three games, I think they gave up 140 points. In those three games, yeah, it was mind. it was something outrageous, no question. And somehow won them all. Somehow won them all, but the defense is just a sieve. But it got a lot better. You know, Oklahoma State was a big time offense last year, this year, most years. They held them to twenty at the end of the year, shut down Auburn, who wasn't very good on offense in the Sugar Bowl, and then you know here they come and play, put up a really good game on Ohio State. Now, the Buckeye offense isn't what you see in the Big Twelve. They hammer you. They come at you with the thundering horde, the Chinese Army type of offense. They're not throwing it around with a pinpoint passer. J.T. Barrett's a winner, but he's not any kind of, you know, he's not going to go to Texas Tech and start, in other words. So, uh, to me, it's still a little bit, how will they do when they play Oklahoma State or when they play a team that can really throw it around? Um, But it was a great sign because they did stand up. They did stand up to Ohio State. They didn't stand up to them last year. The Buckeyes ran over them, well, and they didn't. They didn't run over, run them over this year. Well, there's an obvious one. Obvious difference is uh, there's a different head coach this year. Did that have anything to do with it? No, I don't. I literally don't think it has anything to do with it. Um, I think Lincoln Riley is going to impact and affect the Oklahoma program as a head coach. But I think whatever, however that happens, that's going to be down the road. I think in a lot of ways, Bob Stoops is his. He's in some ways he's still the head coach in terms of all the things he said in place over the years, and it, including up until literally June, um, are still what the program's sort of running off of. So I don't think I don't think the head coaching change has has impacted this team much at all. The only thing I worried about was I didn't know if Lincoln Riley, if he had to be the head coach and the offensive coordinator, could he produce the kind of game plans he'd been producing. And he just had a phenomenal game plan. He's doing all kinds of stuff that uh, I'd never seen before and that Ohio State had to be a little bit confused about. So that was my only question. And when that was answered, um, you know, I, I thought uh, that was a great sign for the Sooners. You know, I'm wondering about that if uh, if – as is the case in lots of programs where the head coach is an offensive coordinator or the offensive guy, um, 
if he's just turned it over, just turned the defense over to Mike Stoops and said, "This is yours. Do with it what you may," or if he's having much input on that side of the ball at all. I don't think so. You know, maybe he will eventually, but I gotta believe. But he's been so. I mean, he's so harried. He's so pulled. He's got so much going on. I mean, think about the difference in Lincoln's Lincoln Riley's life today from three and a half months ago. And is he going to add to that by saying, "Hey, how about I stick my thumb in the in the defensive stew?" I don't think so. You know, he had a good mentor in Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops didn't stick his thumb in the offense very much. He said, "Here, Lincoln, here you go." And I and uh, I, I think. My impression is he's just told Mike Stoops, hey, let's just, you know, you do your thing and, and uh, let's see what happens. And the truth is Oklahoma's just got better players the last two or three years. They've been recruiting better. You know, Bob turned his staff upside down, oh, 2011, 2012, 2013, um, even in, in 2014 when he fired Josh Heifel and hired Lincoln. Bob turned his staff around in part because of recruiting. They weren't recruiting. Uh, very well uh, by Oklahoma standards. That has changed in the last two or three years, and you saw that on the field Saturday at Columbus. Um, they're just better at places like cornerback, and uh, you know, and and, and uh, rushing the passer and those things. And that to me is what's made the difference defensively. Are they good enough to, you know, slow down uh, an elite team, an offensively elite team that wings it around? I don't know yet, but they're much better than they have been. Well, just so you know, Barry Switzer, who was not on last week but two weeks ago, told us that they were going to kick Oklahoma State's butt. So you don't have to – I think Barry says that every year, though, doesn't but, he? But, but he, he said – so we, we, don't even have to worry, we don't even have to worry about talking about that game because Switzer has told us emphatically, I think would Pretty be the word. Pretty emphatically, yeah. That they're going to – but, well, how about Ruffin McNeil? Has he made a difference, or has he done anything uh, with the defense? Well, I, I don't know that he's done anything structurally. I think he's helped them. Uh, I think he's been good for Riley, just as a sounding board for Riley on how to navigate this whole experience. You know, everybody, everybody there, everybody on campus literally was a Bob Stoops guy. And that's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. However... It's also, I think it's good for Lincoln Riley to have, have a Lincoln Riley guy, somebody he can go to and talk to that doesn't know anything about the Bob Stoops regime, that didn't live through you know, the last 17, 18 years, and has a fresh perspective. And I think he's really helped Lincoln that way. You know, when they talked about the relationship, it's sort of odd because Lincoln, I mean, uh, Ruffin McNeil's you know, more than 20 years older than Lincoln Riley. But the way they talk, they had a really great relationship at East Carolina, sort of more colleagues helping each other out. And, and in a lot of ways, it's that way here. So I think he's been great for Lincoln Riley. Uh, you know, I want to uh, kind of hold up everything here because I didn't want you to think we had rats running around in here causing a bunch of uh, static and everything. But but Evan Grant, a frequent visitor to the podcast, has just walked in, Barry, and uh, and he might want to say hello. Oh, is this a podcast? I thought we were just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, Barry. Hey, Evan. How you doing? I'm great. I was just up in your home to in your town a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. But he didn't bother to stop and say hello. No, I didn't. Well, we were just there to watch a little bit of baseball real quick and and got out of there. Yeah. 
Well, well they, my brother, my brother, my brother, he drove his family down to Arlington. Big Yankee fan. He went and watched that Sunday massacre. Well, that didn't go so well. You mean the game no, in which a, the day the Yankees been, outscored the Giants in uh, Arlington? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sixteen to in fact, let's see, sixteen to seven, wasn't it? So there were more points scored at the ballpark than at Jerry World. Yeah. On, uh, that is yeah, correct. Right. Yeah, that is correct. So, uh, now let's get right to the heart of it, what everybody wants to know about. What did you think about Baker Mayfield circling the field with the Sooner flag and planting it in midfield? Well, I mean, if you don't want – asking Baker Mayfield to not do that <laughs> is sort of like – it's sort of like when – when, uh, I can't even remember the aunt's name, but when Tom Sawyer's aunt dressed him up and made him go to church, you know. <laughs> That's not who he is. He's not. If you want him to be Baker Mayfield, if you want him to play quarterback the way he does, that's the kind of things he's going to do. He's not going to play it straight. Everybody said win with class or, you know, act like you've been there before. That's just, you're asking him to be somebody he's not. It'd be like asking Mason Rudolph or Colt McCoy or Sam Bradford. To go grab the flag and run around like a crazy man. Well, they're not going to do that. That's not who they are. But that's who Baker Mayfield is. Now, is it is it a, an affront to Ohio State? Probably on some level. I don't know what it is to the to the players or Urban Meyer. I'm sure their fans didn't like it because you know they consider Ohio Stadium to be holy ground. And you know, I wrote I wrote about Ohio Stadium last week, talking about the reverence for it as the cathedral and. You know, it really is a reverential place. But like I told people after the game, that was a figure of speech. I don't really, it's not literal. I mean, you don't really go there and worship the Lord God Jehovah at Ohio Stadium. So (laughs) I think the overreaction is a little bit, is a little bit over the top. I don't know. There's over. I don't. I don't know. I didn't see all the social media about it. Uh, I, I, you know, you're the, such the, an old man. Well, the funny thing is, is that I turned the. I had to. I was. It was a long story. I had to tape the game and watch it late. And then after the, as soon as the game was over, it's really late, and I just turned it off and went to bed. So I didn't actually see that happen. And then I read about it the next day. And of course, saw it. Uh, I, I'm not surprised at all that Baker did it. I don't know if I've ever seen a more emotional quarterback in, in college football around here. Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even think of a close number two. Uh, he is no, the most right. hopped up quarterback I have ever seen during a game, after a game, you know, in the press conference after the game. I mean, it just, I don't know when he ever chills out, uh, but he, he is I like that I, all the time. Let me, let me ask this question of you, Kevin, and you, Barry, and you, Barry. Very squared. Who do you want to answer this question? All first? of you. I, I mean, here's the question. This is 2017. And, yeah. You know, I mean, this is, we've been through this with T.O. standing on the star and everything. Do we have a problem with this in 2017? Is this is this an issue? Well, here's what I think. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing I would say to Cowboys fans. When, when, and we brought this up on Sports Day on Air yesterday. And I said, you know, I, I guess it's a good thing George Teague wasn't an Ohio State fan. He would have gone out there at midfield and, 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 knocked, tackled. and tackled Baker. Um, Cowboys fans were up in arms about that when that and, happened. And, and nobody felt about – that was Texas Stadium, right? Yes, and, and nobody felt about Texas Stadium as a reverential, as the no. Vatican II, as, as, as they think of – And he did not plant a flag. He just went out there and stood and kind of preened. Right. You know, he didn't do yeah. anything of that. And, and, 
And one difference is, I mean, I thought of George Teague also. I was at, I was at the ball game the day Teague took out Terrell Owens. But the, the one difference is Owens did that in the middle of the game, you know, with, with everybody watching. When Baker did his deal, the Buckeyes were long gone. Urban Meyer's long gone. The fans had been long gone since about three minutes left in the game. <laughs> so, you know, it really, it really wasn't. He, if he was trying to show up the people of Ohio State, he picked a bad time to do it because no one was really around. That's one difference. Now, anybody that saw it on tape or anything, they would be upset if you're Ohio State. Um, uh, and he's also, you know, he's not, he's not uh, going to be, he's not, he's not got a great uh, – he doesn't have a great future as a farmer because you really can't plant a flag in a synthetic turf. No, know? it, it didn't stay up for very long, did it? Yeah, no, it it, it, it barely stayed. You know, you, it's not like he did it in a, in a real patch of grass. But <laughs> I think, I'm sure Ohio State fans were upset. But like I said, he did it well after the game. Uh, I personally didn't have a problem with it. A lot of people did. I tend to think the people... The, the the lines were drawn pretty much on who you cheer for. OSU exactly. fans mostly thought it was great. OSU fans, Ohio State, Oklahoma State fans thought it was low class. And you know, I think that's the way it generally shook out. Evan, Evan I just want to answer your question. Yes, because please, I'll ask you directly. We, this is 2017. Everything is an issue. But, in, 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 the, in the world we live in today, in the Facebook, Twitter... World. Well, Every, yeah, everything becomes I mean, there's an a issue. lot of fake outrage. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But I'm I'm just going back right now and I'm looking at the T.O. game and that was 2000. That's 17 years later, um, and it was twice in the game that he went and stood on the star. It was the second time when yeah, he, that was when, T. when he got taken out. Yeah. Um, and the, the, as Barry said, they both were in the middle of the game. This was a huge. This was a huge win in there in at, at Ohio State. It was after the game after after the team had left the field. I really didn't have a problem with it. Now I will say that. I think you can draw lines. I don't really have a dog in that fight, although I'm. I, I think it's pretty much on record. I'm not a big fan of the Big Ten, um, but but I didn't have an issue with him going there and planting the flag after that win. Uh, you know, my problem with it is is that uh, first of all, there is no more emotional fan base in a, than a college fan. I had a base. bigger problem with. I had a bigger problem uh, with, Chip, with with Chip Kelly being I kn- a complete I, jackass. Oh, I, I, I know. Radio. I knew Evan was going to bring the Georgia win up here. Uh, so well, there you go. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kevin. No, I just I just think that, that that there's no more emotional fan base than a college fan base, and especially college. Or well, it depends on college football, college basketball. It depends, depends on which one. No, no, is. without a doubt, college football, big time college football is the most emotional fan base in the country. And and I I'm a little bit, uh, you know, and like Barry says, most of the fans were gone. It's not, it didn't happen uh, when everybody was there. I don't know if that would have made any difference to Baker either, though. I mean, I, I don't know that Baker waited for everybody to leave before he decided to do that. Uh, he, he wasn't uh, going to go. Look, he wasn't going to go and take the flag during the middle of the game after touching. No, he wasn't. He wasn't going to do that. But I just think you know you got to be. I think you do have to be careful about the the things you do in today with people being as emotional as they are, mm-hmm. and, and 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 to do that. And obviously, somebody in Oklahoma said something to Baker because he issued an apology the right. next day. So, and yeah. I, I don't I don't know if that was for his Heisman Trophy campaign that they did that uh, or. If they that, just really wanted him to say, "Look, maybe you need to just kind of, you know, back up a little bit." I, I, my guess would be that, but probably has some Heisman Trophy candidacy uh, re- repercussions. That that would be the only thing I can think because I really just don't think that what he did was 
I mean, it's not like he actually, like Barry just said, it's not like he actually planted a flag. He, you know, it, he didn't stick he it. Just, in. It's not like the flaming spear that the Seminole <laughs> throws into the middle of the field. It, it didn't even actually pierce the turf, I don't believe. So you're saying it'd been worse yeah. if, if Urban Meyer had been between the the flag and the turf? Yes. When he did it? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Well, and, and this is this is going to get awfully deep, but, you know, in a way, what Baker Mayfield was doing was releasing a lot of frustration. It wasn't just uh, an Oklahoma victory over Ohio State. Everybody in the Big 12 should be thrilled and cheering for what Sooners did. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They they restored a little bit of luster back to the Big 12, and I think that was part of, you know, Baker Mayfield walks around with four chips on his shoulder his whole life. And part of that is just the, the status of the Big 12 the last few years has fallen so low that, you know, that grates on some people, and you can't get anybody to admit it that's a participant. But you know it's the truth, that they get tired of, you know, being left out of the playoff or being, being uh, not even mentioned in the prognostications on game day and all that stuff. I think, I think Baker Mayfield was just sort of releasing some of those frustrations and saying, hey, not just that the Sooners are back, but hey, the Big Twelve is the Big Twelve is to be reckoned with. Also, I, I think you're absolutely right, and I think that that was a catharsis. You know, because I was thinking that as I watched, it, I thought, you know, I don't, I don't really care for this. I don't think this was a good idea. But I'm watching those players standing around him as he does it, and I'm thinking they love it, and that these these players have to love what Baker Mayfield is bringing to the table, and as you said, the Big Twelve has to love it. And, 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 you know, I've always thought about how emotion plays in athletics. And we know how in the pros there's, there's very little emotion. It's mostly just professionalism. And then as you work down the, the food chain, it gets a little bit more important. And in college football and in high school sports, you know, players ride those emotions like a roller coaster. And, and I think this is the kind of thing that can really push you know, the, the, first of all, beating Ohio State in Columbus has a lot more to do with it than, than planting any flags. But the fact that they were able to do that, I think that this could be a huge push for Oklahoma and the Big 12 in the season going forward. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it gives what it does. For the Sooners, it gives them a, a little bit of cushion. You know, Ohio State came to Norman and won big last year and then stumbled, didn't even win the Big Big Ten, but still made the playoff. This gives OU a little bit of a of a cushion, but it also gives a school like Oklahoma State or Kansas State or whoever has visions of, of contending. If they if they somehow go twelve and one, you know, they would knock off Oklahoma. They would they would have a case for the playoff too. Now, if if without that victory, the Sooners over Ohio State. Nobody's going to look at the Big Twelve as, as being all that legitimate. Well, let, let's let's not let's not forget what happened last year when Ohio State came in and beat Oklahoma in Norman. That was that was the end of the Big Twelve that, uh, for the season for the postseason. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much for the postseason. So now, so now they're alive. Let me ask you this. Let me transition. Evan's going to accuse me any second now of hijacking this conversation. But is there any way that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will not both of them will not be? It's too double negative. Will they both be? Unbeaten when they finally meet in uh, in November. Oh, there's a, I mean, there's a good chance either one or both could lose. I mean, Oklahoma hadn't played well against Texas four straight years, 
they won two of them, but they hadn't played well down there. I don't know what's going on, but um, and you know the uh, the Cowboys' schedule is backloaded. Um, they go uh, to West Virginia in late October, uh, the week I think it's the week before they play uh, OU. So uh, no trip to Morgantown is easy. Um, so it's a uh, I think it's I think it's possible that they could either one of them stumble before that November 4th game. Kevin, you've seen Texas. Do you see that happening this year? No, and I saw uh, Saturday I was at uh, Fayetteville and saw Arkansas and TCU. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, it's it's a typical Gary Patterson team. Defensively, they're they're really good. You know, they they really just stuffed Arkansas. Their 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 defensive line is, you know, they they got they're giving up 50 pounds a man uh, or more, 60 pounds, 70 pounds a man to the Hogs. To the Hogs. The biggest offensive line in football, which doesn't mean much. Uh, they suck. It's, it's a nice circus act. Well, they got a bad offense. but, but Well, let me tell you what's worse than everything. I texted you, I think, right after the game. Why didn't you raise one? I asked you why you didn't raise one of your sons to be a place kicker. Yeah. But how about your daughters? Yeah. They could have. They could have been right, more that, effective. That, that kid's from Argyle, right? He's from Argyle. He the was kicker. The kicker. Yeah, he was an All-American, and I have never heard Kevin. You were in the stadium, right? Yeah. How loud was that clank? In the stadium, <laughs> well, it was, it was stunning because you know the funny thing is you know we're, you're we were sitting in one we're sitting in the end zone and at one point the first kick you know how that is you're standing you're off to the side I thought it was good why wouldn't it be good it was like a twenty yard kick it was right. an extra point right? yeah it was like an extra point but the second one uh, that was terrible so that so Arkansas's not real good uh, TCU really struggled to put up points Kenny Hill looks like the Kenny Hill we we've, we've seen for a long time now you know he. He he'll he's a little inaccurate. Uh, he he'll hit some passes every once in a while. He he'll run okay. He's certainly a serviceable quarterback, but he's not a, a terrific quarterback. So I am officially and I think TC is the best team in Texas. I voted in our best of Texas poll. I voted it that way three weeks in a row now. So uh, I, I, I to me the Big Twelve is going to be the Battle of Oklahoma. Uh, this there's I don't see any way one of these teams in Texas. I mean who who would it be anyway? Baylor's terrible. I think it's a possibility that Texas Tech could rise up, you know, in a, in a really good game. And, Texas and, Tech has Oklahoma State at home at the end of September. And, and you know that right after TCU. I guess that's a possibility. I and mean, it, we haven't seen Tech really play anybody yet. They get to play Arizona State this week, and that'll be interesting to me to see how that goes. All right, here's my question for Barry, for our guest. I'd like to hear him weigh in on this. You mentioned uh, Hill. Yeah. How about how about another A uh, and M X who's uh, playing at Oklahoma, Kyler Murray, who Barry Switzer assured us two weeks ago, is the, is the next great thing in college football. Have you seen him, Barry? Yeah, uh, I've been impressed with Kyler Murray. The spring game and both uh, what I saw last week against UTEP when he got to finish out the game. And heck, he came in for two plays when Baker got cramps in Columbus and you know, didn't throw up all over himself. So uh, <laughs> there's you know. a compliment. How about that play? Yeah. How about that play too? The little double option there. I mean, that was uh, yeah. that was interesting. I can't remember the last time I saw a play like that one, and the guy just just got in the game. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion in Oklahoma whether Baker's injury was fake or not. Whether he limped off uh, just so they could put Kyler Murray in it and run that play. But uh, I tend to think any any play with Baker Mayfield is better than any play without Baker Mayfield. So I doubt that it was staged. But I've been impressed with Kyler Murphy. I do think he is going to be the Oklahoma quarterback the next two years. 
he can run around like Baker, and you know they love that. You know, can he deliver the ball the way Baker Mayfield? Mayfield's accuracy is just so incredible that that's what's the difference between he and most other quarterbacks. I don't know if Murray can throw it. If he can throw like that, he is going to be a star. Yeah, that's to me what separates the, the Oklahoma schools just right off the bat is the quality of play at, at quarterback. Uh, both, the, both the schools have very good quarterbacks. Uh, and if you look around uh, the rest of the Big 12, uh, that, and especially the teams from Texas, that's just not so. You know, they, we have, they have a system that, at Texas Tech that's worked pretty well. Uh, at, at, at Baylor right now, nothing's working. Um, and it's just amazing to me. And then, of course, you can even go down to A&M where now they're struggling to, you know, uh, to, to find the quarterback. That uh, a state that has produced as many great quarterbacks as it has in the last decade, 15, 20 years, that there's not there's hardly any of the in the Texas schools that are making a difference right they now. They were there. They were at the Texas schools. They were, yeah. Some of them were at those Texas schools. And, and this is something I'm going to write, uh, as a matter of fact, for tomorrow, Barry, and I want to get your opinion on this. What do you think? Uh, I, I, my, my point is that either you better have a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who can run, obviously, so he, he does give you that element. But it was, as you said, a very accurate passer with a good arm. Um, you, you better either have that or you better have a guy who's a dual threat. Because if you're trying to just get by with a guy who's a fairly accurate passer but not a good arm and, and he really can't run that well, I think you're going to get lost in college football these days. Yeah. Um, the, the quarterback position is so important. Here's what I told people. I said the way Oklahoma wins that game and it's the way they did win the game is just try to just try to match up with Ohio State. Just you know the deep offensive line of Oklahoma. Just see if they can hold up the Ohio State defensive line some. You know you've got a young receivers against young secondary. Just see if you can match. Just try to play even. If they can play even, and you just get to the quarterbacks, Oklahoma's quarterback is way better. And that's what Oklahoma did. They they just sort of matched up Ohio State. And let the two quarterbacks decide things, and it was a rout. Yeah, and I was I was surprised by quarterbacking. The difference in quarterbacking can make a huge difference. I, I was, you know, and I just talked. I made the case for dual, uh, you know, threat quarterbacks. And JT Barrett did not have a good game at all uh, against the Sooners. Uh, didn't throw the ball well, and and really didn't run particularly well uh, against the Sooners. So is that? Is that a? I have to say that that's a, right. He does not throw the ball all over the map, and maybe the the, the Sooners will struggle with that later. But I, I was, imp- as I said when we started out, I was very impressed with uh, Oklahoma's defense, um, and and maybe it does have more to do with having the athletes you got to have. I think that's you know in the end that's what always makes the difference. We we all you got to do is look at the uh, the drafts every year and see who's taking them, uh, if they are or not. Barry, we know we've kept you a long time, and, and uh, you're there at Niagara Falls, and I'm sure your wife is saying, what in the world are you doing talking to those numb nuts? Or is she, ha- or is she out shopping? Is she happy, happier with you on the phone? <laughs> she's a late sleeper, so she's not in too big of a hurry. She's not in too big of a hurry. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Well, Barry, it's been great having you on, man. We'll be having you back, I, I hope, at some point. You know, we're not like uh, Tim Kellershaw. We can't promise you, uh, promise you big bucks. Uh, to yeah, but he podcast. hasn't produced anything. For, for Barry yet, has are, are you? Oh, I thought you were going to say just in general. Oh, wow. That was a shot about Kalashaw. I can't believe that you said that about our, our fine colleague. I did or you did? <laughs> Holy cow. 
I had a couple shots at him on Twitter last night. So I, I saw like, that. You certainly did. Yeah. Man. He Whoa. fired off at me, and I was he like. He did. You guys going at it. I hate to see that happen. You know, Tim. Don't, ma- don't make Barry listen to this. Let's say goodbye <laughs> to him first, and then you two, two guys could get Barry, into it. Barry, go enjoy Maiden of the Mist. Um, we're headed. We're headed to the river right now. If they if they if they ask you about getting in a barrel, do not do that. Okay. No, 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 no barrels. We're gonna we're gonna abuse some barrels, but we're not gonna get in. Yeah, <laughs> right. we, uh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Barry. Thanks Take care, you Barry. Guys. Okay, let's get ready to rumble now. Go, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what he was thinking. I, I don't. I, I got some issues with that callous y'all. Well, he texts. He's he's in a nasty mood. He sent me a couple of texts last week. Did he really? Pretty nasty. You know, I, I I'm, uh, I'm I've been we're in a detente. I guess I have not had any of that kind of uh, uh, communication with Tim because he doesn't view you as a threat the way he, I, that, that he could views be. Evan and I as threats. That very well could be. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. But let's. I just want to talk a little bit more about the Big Twelve. Yeah. Uh, about, Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Because we have some time left, and I want to talk about Baylor. But I mean, seriously, this—it's a terrible conference outside of those two Oklahoma schools. But that's all. Well, TC. But what about TCU? We don't know yet. TCU is a serviceable team. I think they—they'll certainly be a threat to anybody because they're just so good defensively. That—that is—I tell you what—they really do amaze me what they do and how well they do it because he does produce some NFL type players. Yes. But but not a lot. No. Certainly no more so than Oklahoma does or or Texas. Should, no, but they don't, or, they're always undersized. But he takes, under, but he just does he such takes a great players job. and reinvents them. Yeah, he does. And 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 he's just, you know, but but the, the thing about it is and that's what I'm bringing up the whole deal with Kenny Hill, uh when they get a guy like they had a couple of years ago who who's in the, the Heisman talk, then now you're making a, a national impact. And right. now, now you're you're able to get someplace. If if Kenny Hill is not able to rise to that level, and I'm just not, you know, I just don't think that he he can uh, for what we've seen before and what we've seen this year. Then it's going to be a struggle for them to get in that CFP conversation. What if what if Oklahoma comes in to uh, the Cotton Bowl and and routes Texas? Uh, would Lincoln Riley get some of that credit? And does what to Texas? Routes routes Texas. Get get the credit for it, uh, but, because, oh, because, because they, they struggled, struggled the last, in Bob Stoops' last couple. Of years. I think it'd be hard. You know, here's the thing for Lincoln Riley. Now, all right, let's let's take let's think back to when Bob Stoops uh, won the national championship uh, in his second year at at uh, at Oklahoma. You know, he he was able to get credit for that as he should have. But those were basically John Blake's players. I hate to make Urban Meyer mad. John Blake, the Ranger PR director, no, not him. Uh, but but Ur, Ur, you know Urban Meyer would be really angry about you know saying it was somebody else's players. Those were John Blake's players, and then after that you know they didn't you know they 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 got back uh, to the championship game, but they never were able to win it again. Um, I think for Lincoln, certainly no one's going to turn down anything big that happens for Oklahoma this year. But for Lincoln Riley to really get the credit, I think he's going to have to maybe do it again next year. Although I and, yeah, I mean you can make the. You can make the argument that, hey, he's doing it with Stoops players and all that. But he also came in basically at the start of summertime. <laughs> no, he did, but he was already there, too. He was there. So he was but part I, of the it, It's still, I mean, you're, you're a young coach. You're thrust into that situation. Stoops has been very supportive. I, I, the shots of Stoops at the game. Did you, see, you know, did you see that? Did it look like he was holding his breath the entire game? I, I just well, I thought he was going to explode. There, there was a lot of emotion that you saw. From oh, him. absolutely. Um, he also looked like he was ready to go to a Toby Keith concert. Or something. <laughs> but I, he, um, 
I, I don't think that was an ideal situation for him to step into. Um, and I don't I think, know. That's pretty ideal. Why is it ideal? For, to, to follow Bob Stoops? Is that what we're saying? Just, well, because he's, he's left him a really good team. He did leave him a good team. But he also, I mean, you're, you're, you're leaving a young coach to jump in there with not a full year worth of, of prep time or anything like and that. Goes to, well, and, but, but and, and goes to Ohio State and wins the game. No, no, that's a huge win. I don't, I don't, right. but I, dude, that's almost as big we, as you, going to Notre Dame and winning there. What yeah, happened? Right. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Notre Dame, Texas beat Notre Dame last year. <laughs> Barry. Am, am I right? Okay, let's hear for the Georgia Bulldogs. No, I just I was just interjecting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet you I, were. He, he, but is I, let's get back to that. Is Chip Kelly an ass or what? <laughs> oh, you know, uh, I saw that little interview thing afterwards. I, I, I did when when she asked the question. There was one that former uh, Sports Day Lakin Lakin Littman worked. Oh, was that was it Lakin Littman? I did Lincoln. not realize yeah, it, it was, was her. Lakin Littman, who, oh, who was our Texas correspondent when she was at the University yeah, of Texas. Yeah, she's great. Lakin's great. I did when she said one possession left. I I, I, I was trying to follow. <laughs> I thought no, it wasn't possession. What did she no, say? she said one possession, and it was one possession. Yeah, she was saying it was a one possession loss, and. Chip's big comeback was one possession. No, it was one point. Well, I'm yet to figure out how you're scoring without a possession. Without a possession. Yeah. So I was glad to see. I will say I was glad to see Lakin stand up for stand up for herself and 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 keep going because you know that's a lot of pressure. Here's the thing, and I I I got into this on social media a little bit on Sunday, and and the thing for me about this whole incident and and that bothered me most is. You watch Chip Kelly during that. You watch his gestures. You watch his his tone of language, and it was all very condescending. And I I think that it was the impression I got was it was directed towards making her look like a young uninformed woman and or girl. Yeah, and I don't think he does that with a male. And this is the issue that we oh. have a lot of times. I don't. Know. I think I maybe know. he does this a lot. Oh, he may do He's it with a male, but I think he takes a different approach. Uh, well, it, certainly he ran. You know, it was the wrong person to take it out on. Right. You know, if, if you're if you're trying to to show up the media, you should you shouldn't pick on a woman. And let me let me just say this. You know, there's a lot to be said here because I haven't seen Georgia make a big defensive play to win a game in maybe 20 years. That's because they hadn't played. They hadn't had played. Notre they, Dame in Notre Dame had two. <laughs> Notre Dame did have two possessions in the last five minutes with a chance to win the game, and they didn't. And so, if you're Chip Kelly, you stand up there and you say, "You take all the responsibility." Did y'all see Paul Feinbaum's commentary uh, on it? No, boy, he really laid him out. Brian Kelly, right? Is it Brian Kelly? It's I Brian get all Kelly. the Kellys. What you you got, you, were, you had me there for a minute there. Yeah, it's Brian Kelly. It is Brian Kelly. Uh, but both of the Kellys are ass. Chip Kelly's not even working right now. <laughs> he may be working. He may be working at Texas A&M. It's pretty soon. But we'd be also remiss if we didn't talk about the Texas-USC game coming up this week. Absolutely. Uh, talk about it. I think uh, <laughs> I think that with Bo, with Bo Orlando said that this this very very using his very – very investigative reporter question. <laughs> Talk about the game. <laughs> Talk about uh, no when, when Bo Orlando said that this game right here will decide, determine, meaning the San Jose State game, whether you know we're going to be anything this year. And it's like, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not the San Jose State, State game. game. Maybe this USC game. It should have been the Maryland game. I'm pretty sure the Maryland game determined whether they were yeah. going to be anything or not. This will be really tough for them. And 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 I think what's interesting to me, getting back to that whole quarterback thing, that. Um, that now he's got Gerard Hurd back running the Wildcat. And they're not even, you know, he had been moved over to wide receiver and had played a little bit. And and I think 
he's thinking, I got to pull out all the stops here. I'm going to have to, you know, figure out if Sam Ellinger is going to be able to carry us, if if Shane Bouchelle can carry us, right. if, if it's going to take all three of these guys. And I think that's what's going to end up happening. I think he's going to end up playing all three guys at quarterback in that game. Are you afraid that USC might take up where UCLA left off against A&M? Ooh, I like is, that. Is, is, that a, is that a possibility? Could Texas be – Humiliated in this game. Was it, is the line seventeen points? I, it's it's a lot. I don't uh, I, early in the week, I think that was the line. And, yeah, and I I picked USC to cover. So uh, I, I think this is. I'm sorry. Is that game in Southern California? Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Oh yeah. So this oh, is gonna. Yeah. This is gonna be really difficult. This is the kind of game that uh, when I was talking about emotion a while ago, you, you Texas has kind of shown that at times already this year. You know, I, uh, the, the only thing I would say about this is is USC is coming off of a. A big win over Stanford. A big win, tough win. They won that game. They won that game in convincing fashion. But yes, they did. It's still a big Pac-12 game, second week of the sure. season. Sure, but so. Tex- Texas is coming in off a maybe. Maybe they remember uh, losing the national championship. They game may. Texas. <laughs> Those how old? How old were the players back then? They uh, would have been about between the ages of six and eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah but, so but, they, but everybody else has reminded them. You about know, that. here here at the morning news, they they're sending out emails. What are your memories of the game? I was at that game, and I have. No memories of the game aside from uh, the final touchdown. Of the Vince game. Young running in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to say, I, I'm, I'm the same way. But <laughs> I, I remember I watched the game at, at home with people. I think I was with at Scott Knowles with, with, with a bunch of former Sports Day people. And I remember watching the last seven minutes and saying, my God, what a great game, what a great game. But I can't remember anything other than the Vince Young touchdown yeah, run because did, did, that's the last thing I saw. Well, the, the two and when and the, yeah, I got that that poll too, and we were asked to write about that. And the two things that I said about that last play when Vince scored were striking to me. Well, not first of all, but from a strategical standpoint, that they allowed him to run. Right. You know, they decided we're going to cover everybody, and we're going to. It's like that's crazy. We're going to let Vince Young beat us. Yeah. You know, we're going to let Mike Tyson punch us in the face. What you do is you go get him and hope that he doesn't throw the ball to somebody because that was not his strong point. But to let him run was just like that's suicide. Uh, but then the the second thing was that when he crossed into the end, and of course he just trotted in. You know, it was, yeah. It was he high world, stepped it in. It was by, the world's the easiest run. And when he did that, I thought, wow. Texas has actually won a national title, and when they and when I, so they asked me how did that compare, and I said the only other time I felt that way about something that just didn't really seem right, it didn't seem like that that really happened. Is that did that really just happen? Was that the Final Four in '83 when Houston lost? I thought the opposite. I thought I can't believe Houston just lost. Yeah. You, did you not think that when Josh Hamilton hit the home run in Game Six? You know, the Rangers was, just won the World Series. It was too bit, well, I was too busy just scribbling. Or, or, I, I, or, did, or did you think? Yeah, good what, question. Or when Nelson Cruz? Well, no, I mean, I, I well, I changed my lead. Yeah, I'm, yeah, going, I'm still going back and forth, sitting there with you and just looking at you and saying, "Well." Actually, you were t- you were sitting next to Tim. This is poetic. I was sitting on the second row because you wanted to sit next to Tim Kalisha, who now you're warring with. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, maybe I, I looked at Tim. You yeah. guys remind me of one another. Yeah, it, <laughs> a lot of similarities. And, and, by the way, just so you know, Sports Day DFW's account just tweeted. So we don't need to talk about Texas and USC anymore because the the tweet is, "How can Texas even keep it close against USC?" Oh, so, that game. Who do you think decided. wrote that? Who do you think wrote that headline? This is what I, I'll tell you. What this is what Texas fans were hoping for when they, what, they what hired time Tom are, Herman. Though, do we need to get to Brandon? Came up a yeah. Oh my God, we should we should go. You're absolutely. Oh my God, yes. Okay, all right. Well, this has been great college football talk.
I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the college football talk. I'm fired up for the rest of the college football season, although I feel bad for Texas college football fans because I just don't think it's going to be a very enjoyable season. The state of Texas or, or, or the Texas Longhorns? The state of Texas. That state of Texas does not look good. No. no I mean, that, that that stat the first week about Texas what? going 0 for, C, for FBS schools Let, let's, was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. so let's, let's, let's adopt a team. That's what we, we did once did when I worked in Miami. We adopt a major league team to root for for the year because we didn't have one. <laughs> can, I, can I make a suggestion? Yes. The University of Georgia. Oh, I knew that was coming. Because Evan's already adopted one. I, I, I'm going to go with Oklahoma, I think. Or Oklahoma State. We're, I'm marrying, my son is marrying into an Oklahoma State family. That's true. So I, I better true. go with this. But didn't your son go to Oklahoma's law school? That's my other son. Oh, my God. That's how he's referred to in the family as the other son. Uh, let me tell you one thing. Or your least favorite <laughs> horn, as, as we refer <laughs> no, to him. Let me just say true. one thing that we're not adopting. Okay? What's that? We're not adopting Arkansas. I don't care how many of your kids have gone there. I don't care how many of I my kids have gone there. I have a pump squatter there now. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're Evan, bad. Evan's word of the day. Have you noticed how many times he's used that? Listen, uh, that, uh, I, I cannot emphasize enough. Like, I turned the TV on just in time for that second field goal attempt. Yeah. I have never heard a ball clank louder. And then they it, it was the CBS game, right? It was Danielson and and uh, Brad Nessler. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Who, and, I got to say this. And I they replayed they replayed it just for the sound <laughs> of the ball hitting the upright. Sure, yeah. because it's it's so distinctive. It's so it, they said it sounded like a gun going off and it did, like a cannon. Yeah, it was it was I, I tell you the thing, the other striking thing about that game was there was booing in that game. Is that not happen? And it was okay. it's the first home game. I mean, they played in Little Rock last week, uh, the week before. They were booing. It was a brief one, but there was a boo there. And and I, and I I have to say, if it looks as bad as it's going to look to me, I think they'll have a hard time getting to six wins. I think Brett Miele is gone. Oh, he, and, I think so. And who is there a favorite? Oh, a favorite? they'll get a, they'll get a guy who who like like a they won't get Bobby Petrino, but they'll get a guy like that because this is here you get the you got the ground and pound. You know, football. a quick, fi- a quick fix guy. No, they'll look for a guy who want, who'll throw it. That's what they're all mad let me, about. Let me they're make all a su- because he's running. Let me ball. make a suggestion. Yeah, uh, Art Bryles has already thrown his name into the hat. Ah, <laughs> I bet he has. Art's probably living in Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers. That, that 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 can that cannot happen. no that no. cannot happen. If he can't go to the CFL, he can't go to the Jeff SEC. Long. Cannot, Jeff Long is not doing that. He's, he's not. Now. He's not doing that. I. I I don't know. You oh. know. You know what would be an interesting an interesting call on Arkansas's part? What? Chuck Strong. Charlie? Uh, I, I don't think they would do that. They're going to want offense. You know what? The only thing that could – listen, what if, what if Brett Bielema said this? If, if Cliff Kingsbury gets fired at Texas Tech. I'm going to bring him in as, bring bring him in as my offensive coordinator. Bring him as my offensive coordinator. Now you're talking about completely changing the offense. I do believe – and did we talk about this at one time? <laughs> I, I think that Cliff Kingsbury might be the – a genius, offensive genius. An offense, not, not only just an offensive genius, but a guy who, who's able to say, here's your quarterback. Well, if you want to bring in an offensive quarterback, an, an offensive quarterback, an offensive wonderbind, uh, wonderbind, <laughs> wonderkind, you're having a little trouble here. Evan. I am. It, but if you want to bring in an offensive genius, why not bring in Coach Leach? Oh, Coach, oh, Coach I, Mike? I tell you what. Now that might be you'd you'd salivate for that. Kevin. Well, here's the thing about him going to Arkansas is that that's a that's a that's a country, you know, <laughs> as far as football. I mean, the whole state supports that right. program, and that they come out of the woodwork for it. Uh, I think that there's a possibility they would elect him president. <laughs> uh, 
And I think there's a possibility that they would run him out right. on a rail. Either way. Either way. But yeah. he'd be the biggest personality there since oh, Lou Holtz. Oh, my Holes. gosh. And I think that Mike would die to come back and do that. Oh, yeah. He might come back. Would he do it for free? No, he no. wouldn't do it for free. But he but he would. That's yeah, it's a good thought. But all the Herman's ribs he could eat. All the Herman's ribs he could eat. Uh, I uh, That would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anywhere Mike goes, it would be interesting. Except I mean, Washington see, State, because nobody's even paying any attention. Yeah, but could you see Mike Leach at SEC Media Days? The media would be eating at it. Talk about aliens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Talk well, more about Bigfoot. Or pirates or storms yeah. or anything else. You know, that's that's what Mike does. And he is a great offensive mind. What I was going to say about Cliff Kingsbury is that his ability to recognize quarterbacks. Who's had more quarterbacks? I mean, he was let he let Baker Mayfield go, and we all said how unfair that was, and it was unfair what happened. But Mike but, Brewer went off and played uh, after that. Uh, uh, how did Patrick Mahomes work out for uh, him? Yeah, uh, and then Davis Webb went off and played at Cal and got drafted and is in the NFL. These were all his guys. Right. And, and, and after all of that, he ended up with Patrick Mahomes. You know, meanwhile, A&M's losing quarterbacks, and they got nobody left. So, all right, that's uh, it. We, 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 we have what, – what are the podcasts do we have going today, Kevin? Well, we have today – we have a Rangers podcast with our frequent guest, Evan Grant. Oh. And then we also have uh, our – A NFL, podcast people will care about. Yeah. Which a, is what? A Cowboys podcast. Oh, Evan, I'm sorry. He, Evan's mad angry at me now. A Cowboys podcast with our, our good pal, Brandon George. If he's still hanging around, yeah, I don't he's know. probably not. He's probably left. <laughs> We've gone way over on this. We did go All over. right. Well, I thought we were just killing time because Brandon wasn't going to be ready for a while. So <laughs> Just killing time. Maybe we should have called the, bo- the podcast that. Just killing time. Well, here's the deal. He hasn't texted me like, where the heck are you guys? Just so. killing careers. <laughs> well, we do that. All right. So let's sign off. Kevin, take us on out. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.